Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. On today's episode, Noelle is going to school me on restorative practices. Noelle, good morning. Good morning. What John. are what are restorative practices? I have I'm, I have no idea what this even is. I I know, and that's why I'm I'm so excited to to run episodes like this. It's like you know back to school time. Yes. So, um, restorative practices. This is a term restorative practices that has been used widely in education, uh, in, in the world of, of social justice. And it comes from indigenous practices and advanced social sciences around what we need as humans mm -hmm. in order to thrive in community with each other based on positive social connections, relationships, and communities. This is an old way of thinking and being about simply staying in relationship, staying in community, even when harm has taken place. What do you think sparked this? Is it the um, just the, what's happening in the world? What reunited uh, uh, or reignited uh, restorative practices? From my perspective, what's been happening starting in probably around June of 2020 with mm -hmm. the murder of George Floyd and then really watching on a global scale the health crisis yeah. of the pandemic alongside of inequality alongside of the suffering and struggling of parents there's just been a huge spotlight that's been shown on everything that's wrong <laughs> and yeah. everything that hurts us and more and more people are are speaking up about what they're experiencing societally that's just simply not okay right. so that's kind of phase one that's what's happening that's what's happening in real time and then phase two which is amazing is that people who have been doing this work for a really long time, indigenous folks, largely black women in social justice spaces are starting to push up to the fore into the public consciousness. Hey, these are ways of living and being that actually work towards repair, mm. that move us away from the cancel culture and fracturing of society and towards a place where people who have caused harm can with accountability yeah. be reintegrated into our communities, into our families, into our friend groups, into our businesses, and we don't lose that precious human capital friend, uh, family member that does have value, even though they might have made some mistakes. Yeah. And when I think about the word restorative, um, what comes to my mind is healing. Yes very much so mm -hmm. restorative practices are all about relationships accountability repair and then healing that's great <laughs> that's yeah. amazing it is amazing and as i was doing research to bring this up today i discovered that the country of ireland views itself as a restorative society and integrates restorative mm. practices into 
relationships that enable health and well-being for the entire freaking country. Wow. So how did they, um, how did they execute that? How did they uh, implement restorative practices? There? I have absolutely no idea, but I do know that the essential skills put forth by the country of Ireland um, includes things that sound an awful lot like coaching and an mm -hmm. awful lot like coaching skills. And so folks who are coaches are in a really great position to learn about restorative practices, restorative practices frameworks, and help folks move towards repair. So just kind of going through the, the checkbox of skills, we have body language, mm. a stance of non-judgment, building emotional awareness, empathy, uh, listening for feelings and needs, reviewing and modeling how we show up in our everyday lives, effective conflict management and resolution, and then of course, um, healthy language that supports and brings us together from a position of inclusion. So how does that land for you? Restorative practices, coaching, what are the similarities that you see? Yeah, I, when, as you're saying this list, which is uh, really important, especially the non-judgment um, in the world that we live in today, um, what, what a huge responsibility, but like a noble one for um, anyone who decides to pursue coaching. And by uh, working and practicing with these skills, you are um, helping, you're contributing to the healing of, of the world. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I got really excited because so much of what we do in coach training, coach education for individuals uh, who want to become coaches, as well as businesses who want to use these skills is grounded in restorative practices. Mm. Um, and so we're, we're at the tip of the iceberg, you know, coaching is the future of work and restorative practices represent present the, the history of humankind. This yeah. is how we live in community with each other. This is how we used to live in tribes with each other. Um, this is primal to our humanity. Yeah, it's taking a step back if you want to help people and seeing um, the bigger picture, the macro, not just, you know, helping one person with one situation, but just by um, learning and being a coach, uh, practicing that. Um, you're just throwing such a uh, wide blanket, you know? Yes. Yeah. And the, the big piece here that, you know, when you said, I have no idea what restorative practices are, I chuckle to myself because you do. The, the piece about accepting responsibility when there's conflict and mm -hmm. really looking inside and saying, did I have a hand in this? And then reaching out to whoever it is uh, that you're in relationship with, whether it's me as a business partner or your friend group or your family at home, you do that every day and are one of the few men and public figures that I know that really embody a position of let me reflect on my own role, let me be the bigger person to repair. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. What a what a great reminder for me to do more of that as you're as you're saying that. Yeah, well, it's funny that you mentioned that because again, my gorgeous guinea pig, um, we're going to go for it. Yeah, let's do it. So I have a choice for you. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you the choice of lens. Would you like to apply a restorative practice framework to either your family, your personal life at home, 
or your man group. Oh, wow. Um, by the way, uh, if you're listening, this is Noelle's new um, Choose Your Adventure layer that she's bringing into many of our episodes, which is very exciting. Yes. I'm going to choose, uh, let's do relationships, family. Family. Okay. All right, let's do it. So relationships are at the heart of every aspect of restorative practices. And if everything was going along just fine, there would be nothing to restore. So when we're looking at restorative practices, at the core is some aspect of a hurt relationship. Mm -hmm. And the person who's caused harm has impacted the lives of real people, a real family system, or a real group. And what we know is that if we don't have positive relationships, especially in our family unit, uh, it's really hard to keep going in terms of flourishing from a positive psychology perspective. Right. And so once the person who has caused harm becomes accountable, everyone can start to heal. So you chose your family mm -hmm. as as the lens we're going to look through. Is there a situation or a conflict or something that has happened or happens on a recurring basis that it would be good to say, you know what, I want to work on this. What are we going to look at? Yeah, I would say, uh, so my uh, relationship with my girlfriend, um, working on, we speak very different love languages. Uh, mm. she, she's avoidant. I'm anxious. And so, uh, Ooh. In, yeah, instead of trying to um, change her or tell her, you know, what she's doing wrong or what doesn't work for me, um, 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 working on more uh, accepting, understanding who she is and adjusting to that. Okay. Okay. So the next pillar that we're going to look at is respect. Because mm -hmm. if relationships are at the heart of restorative practice, um, respect is the key ingredient and respect keeps the process safe. Mm -hmm. So all of the parties involved are at the outset when we're using this framework asked, do you want to participate in a restorative process? And can we all agree to respect each other? Uh, as we go through this process. So, you know, pulling the lens out and anxious avoidant is one heck of a ball game. So God mm -hmm. bless you, John uh, and Vanessa. Um, in that specific mix, how will both of you know that respect is on the table as a baseline? Ooh, if we're feeling um, heard and feeling safe. So um, you know, as long as there's no uh, character assassination, as long as um, we are accepting of each other's truth, you know, uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, if you feel disrespected, then I mean, nothing's nothing going to go the other way. Nothing's going to get get uh, healed. John, you get an A plus on that section of the quiz. You just modeled the correct form of participation for a restorative practice framework. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. The participants enjoy and use deep listening, where instead of assuming we know what the speaker is going to say, we focus on hearing what they're actually saying. Mm. That's where, that is how respect is demonstrated in this process. Yeah. It's the whole try to understand before trying to be understood. It is. And then next up, 
we have part one of three hard parts, <laughs> then that is responsibility. Um, and that's where humans, uh, I think when we live in a capitalistic, competitive, me, 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 mind society, yeah. it's really hard from an ego perspective or from a psychological perspective to get into a habit of being honest with ourselves and looking deeply in our hearts to really put on the table and say, I, I caused harm. I had mm -hmm. a hand in whatever problem is festering between us. And even if the harm was unintentional, it still happened. And the person who did the thing still needs to take responsibility for their actions. So where, where are you at in your partnership how, on a scale of one to 10? How does responsibility, how is responsibility held? Not at all, very much so. And what's the kind of work that needs to go in there? Yeah, so this is where I think the road forks uh, for many is, um, and what you're talking about is taking ownership, right? So um, not only being respectful uh, to your partner and their story and who they are, but then now taking responsibility, taking ownership for your own uh, shortcomings or you know your own perspective or, or, or you know your own stuff, as they say. So uh, for me, uh, we 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 really place this high on the shelf. This is something that, um, and maybe part of it is just you know uh, being two people being therapists. Um, we have to uh, uh, make our side of the bed, or nothing's going to change. So I would say one out of ten. I uh, I think we're we're like at a seven or eight. You know, practicing it. That's really that's really high. That's awesome. And I know um, in in my own world, I'm so good at taking responsibility at work. I have absolutely no problem with it, owning mm -hmm. my shit, saying, yes, I did that. I'm so sorry. Let me fix it at home. I have to drag it out of myself. Oh, mm -hmm. my God. And it, I don't I, know what know, that blocker is. You know, what's funny and it's just hilarious the, the way that you and I are always the opposites and that's why it works. Um, I'm the opposite. I, I think I do pretty well taking responsibility in my personal relationships, but at work, I'm horrible. <laughs> ah. Yeah, things I got to do, things I owe people, things I got to post. I'm, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Okay. So the, the trick here and the thing that we need to know in order to run an effective restorative practices framework is that taking responsibility needs to come from within. It needs to be a personal choice mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it can't be imposed through shame or guilt or the whole process right. falls apart. So that's when we go back to, you know, the respect and the relationship pieces being the foundation, because if, if both parties don't want to be in this thing, uh, and take the responsibility for the purpose of repair and reintegration, then what are we even doing here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, you know, the whole uh, taking responsibility, you're right. It can't be forced, right? It's something that the individual has to want to do. And I want to validate for folks who, who go through this process, taking responsibility is painful. Yeah. It is incredibly painful. And it's something that we have been trained not to do, or it's a sign of weakness, or we can get into trouble, or, you know, it lights up our, our pa the pain centers in our brain. And that's okay. This is the way in which we need to go back to these old practices of what it means to live in community with each other and make it okay to take responsibility because everyone screws up everyone. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's inevitable. Um, and so making it okay to say, uh, I wish that didn't happen, but it did. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And the next star repair only comes after people start taking responsibility. Yeah. So let's talk about repair because this, this can get tricky as well. So the person who's caused the harm is expected to repair the harm to the fullest extent possible. So what this looks like is really where a lot of the work in coaching comes in with negotiation. Uh, you know, I might say to my husband, uh, you didn't empty the dishwasher for the fifth time. I need some diamond earrings. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like, right? no, I know, but that's like, that's not, and that's not adequate repair. That's unbalanced repair. That's not real repair. That's me right. being manipulative and wanting diamond earrings, you know? So, you know, thinking about our everyday lives and what repair can actually look like thinking about your life, what are some real methods of repair that are functional? Oh man, I would say um more in the doing more in um the energy so knowing uh for example one of vanessa's uh, love languages is uh touch um eye contact holding you know um um i'm, I'm touching her shoulders when i'm talking to her, her so a lot of repair comes in uh that kind of energy for her so somatic stuff Cool. That's awesome. And that's, that's super important to know. And I want to highlight one of the things that John did is seeking to understand what repair would mean for Vanessa and not seeking mm -hmm. to understand what repair feels like for John. Mm. Huge difference. Yeah. You're, you're still, you're acing this quiz, my friend, acing it. So what about, <laughs> what about the area where you have trouble? What about work? What does repair look like for you in an area where you're resistant? Oh, uh, I would say um, um, uh, trying to follow that thread down to why you're resistant. Where is that coming from? Um, and then, you know, uh, dissecting what is truth, what, what is really for you, and then what is stuff that is coming from ego or lazy or self selfishness or, you know, kind of like sorting it all out and then doing your best to... Um, you know, present yourself in a way that, that you like and that, that, uh, that, that isn't coming from the, the negative parts. Yeah. And sometimes repair involves new learning. So repair yeah. is meant to replace any thoughts of, you know, revenge or punishment. And it focuses on moving forward in a positive direction. I've seen this take place a lot in the arena of parenting, where a parent really mm -hmm. screws up. And that parent will need to demonstrate to their family that they are learning new things that might look like some classes that might look like a coach or a mentor that might look like an AA sponsor to really show that there's something structural in place that's moving the ball forward. Yeah, solution focused, I guess, for work, that would be um, more repair for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And then finally, we have reintegration. And here again, I, I want to validate this is hard mm -hmm. when harm has taken place and we're coming from a restorative position 
And everyone has agreed, we wanna keep this family together. We wanna to keep this unit together. We wanna to keep this team at work together because we value each other, even though something bad has happened. That's the point of reintegration. It's basically a, an agreement for the family, the relationship, the unit, the system to say, the person who caused harm, guess what, has value. And we are going to welcome and accept that person back into our group on equal terms, not in a punishing and resentful way, on equal terms to reestablish their position within our group because that person has value. Yeah. How does that land for you? Um, hugs and hands, hugs and holding hands. Reintegration to me means uh, uh, when this together, collaboration, you know, let's hold hands again, do this. Uh, yeah, the, the, the whole um, quilt analogy, you know, that we're, uh, uh, we're, we're all part of this and then us um, holding hands and coming together is uh, create something bigger, that whole thing. And it's, it's, it takes work. All of this takes work. And I, one of the beautiful things about this framework is that when the premise of this is based on, I like this relationship and I respect the person I'm working with. And then we go through the process one at a time of the person who caused harm accepting responsibility, the person who caused harm seeking to repair, by the time we get to reintegration, we've given the folks who have experienced harm a chance to kind of calm down a little bit, mm -hmm. heal up a little bit and open to the reintegration. And I wanna stress here, this takes time I can't be forced. And the way in which someone might go back to their position within a system also takes time and is an iterative process. When something goes down in a family unit or a work team or in a relationship, we don't just wake up the next day and snap right back to the way we felt before whatever it was happened. Uh, we need to gradually go yeah. back there. And the other R word that this um, reminds me of is when you're in uh, reintegration is it gives it a, a reset. Yes, absolutely. Gives a relationship a reset, yeah. I used to say that to my mom when I was little and I got in trouble. I would always ask her, can we start again? Mm. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. I, love, I love that. <laughs> can we oh, start man. again? Wait, how, how old were you? Is this like last year or when you were a little kid? <laughs> You know, I, I've definitely said it as an adult many times because it's common language that we share, but uh, my mom has a note on our kitchen window. I probably wrote it to her when I was like seven or eight. Wow. I think I started asking for that when I was probably four or five. I, and I, yeah. Just imagining my daughter, Logan, coming up to me at 405 and saying, can we start again? Uh, that that would make me instantly break down and cry. It's so Aww. sweet. Yeah. What a what a what a great reset. Yeah. Can we start again? I love it. Absolutely. Let, so, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say before we close off, I just I want to talk about, you know, how beautiful and, and personal we've made this thinking about your daughter, thinking about your partner mm. um, and then talk about where this work came from. So this framework, this restorative practices came from 
the Conflict Center, which is a small nonprofit supported by the University of Denver. And this framework that we've taken through a coaching lens and applied to our very intimate lives has come from some really hardcore social justice work where we're talking about um, whole communities that have mm -hmm. been seething. And so the, the quality of this framework and the way that these practices, the five R's are used um, is very far reaching. And the, the indigenous roots of these practices needs to be acknowledged. And if you use that work, I hope you'll take the time to thank the ancestors of humanity who brought it to us and, and yeah. honor the roots of it. Yeah. I mean, speaking of respect, right? And also, um, I love that we're ending on, um, can we start again? That, that's such, mm -hmm. a, such a great bumper sticker for just you know, the temperature of the world these days. It is. John, we need to get our t-shirt line up and running. <laughs> yeah. We have too many. We have, we're, we have too many sayings. Well, thank you for joining me and I look forward to talking next time. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's jrni.co slash everything.